I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day you're watching this. Welcome to Collider Dailies. I'm John Aldritz, and joining me is... Maggie. <laughs> How are you doing today, Maggie? I am doing great. It is Wednesday, I think. I don't I, know. I don't remember what day of the week it really is. Really long <laughs> week, uh, but I'm here. <laughs> that's the that's the important thing. Uh, we we had a fun show yesterday. A bit of a fun show. A uh, really? little bit of a, a fun aftermath afterwards on social shockingly, media. Only one of us got death threats, and it wasn't me for once. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in and out fans were out and about, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but it just is what it is. It, it happens sometimes. All I got was somebody telling me I didn't know how to make movies. You know, me, who's actually worked on movies, is in the Screen Actors Guild. But I don't know how movies are made. <laughs> apparently not. Uh, either way, uh, today's episode, we're talking about all new things. We're not going to be getting into any of that. Uh, today, we are talking about... Squid Game Season 2 is coming. Uh, Bad Batch Season 3 got a trailer, which we didn't get a chance to talk about, so we're going to take the opportunity to talk about it today because... Reasons. It's Star Wars. If you're not talking about Star Wars, it weirds me out. Uh, And then the first story of the day is actually about Daredevil Born Again. Uh, And that is just simply that... uh, What's his name? Wilson Bethel is returning to the role of bullseye in daredevil born again uh showing up after you know being there in daredevil it was season two right yeah it was season two it's been a while since i've watched those shows but he is going to be returning reprising the role maggie how do you feel about this are you are you hoping that we're going to be having more of that netflix tone if we're going to be getting a whole bunch of some of their most uh vicious enemies Yes, and as all in the game pointed out, it's season three. 
um, that he pops up in. Okay. It was so long ago, but yes. So I am excited that it seems like this rewrite process for Born Again has brought with it a lot more of the Netflix crew. I, I hope that Disney sat back and realized that people actually deeply care about those characters. However, <laughs> hearing that Bullseye is returning uh, struck fear in my heart. Karen Page, watch out. Um, if they kill Karen Page, whatever goodwill that they are building right now, will be dismantled so quickly because that's what people loved so much about Netflix is that they took the admittedly not good writing of Karen Page's character in the comics and made it so much more and brought so much more to that character. And I'm just saying Frank Castle is not going to let anything bad happen to Karen Page. Matt, that's another story. I hate to I hate to go in kind of the the dark direction with this, but maybe something does happen to Karen, and that's the justification for getting John Bernthal's Punisher back. There's that story hook for him to come in. We can have I know. other things. We can have I, other reasons. I can see, yeah, I know, fridging a character isn't, you know, the best way to go, but... That seems like the low-hanging fruit that the MCU might go for. There should never be a but after fridging. Fridging in 2024? Mm -mm. We can do better, Disney. We can do better, Marvel. We can. We can do better. But as I said... I It's low-hanging fruit that I could totally see them going. I think with the fan... The fan push to get Foggy and Karen back in this show i don't think that they're at risk if i had to venture a guess i don't think that they would want to necessarily bring back these fan favorite characters only to then like knock one of them off well i mean like that was the rumor for what the previous script entailed was that they had been killed like off screen and i of course that's just a rumor we have no way of like validating if that is indeed what like the plot was but that was like the rumor that like a lot of sites were running with and that's just not good storytelling to take characters that were the emotional heart of a, a very beloved series and then killing them off screen and then being like, ah, I guess it sucks now that everybody that you loved is dead. It just, that doesn't work. And I still think that to bring those characters back after this, like years of push for people wanting Foggy and Karen to be involved in this, only to then kill one or both of them off, even on screen is just not good storytelling. Yeah, it's the lowest fruit, but it's it's just not, um, especially when things are already still so shaky for Marvel right now. And I think building up that goodwill from the people who like Marvel, like the comics, loved Netflix, and maybe weren't 100% invested in what the MCU was doing, you want those people on your side. Those are the people that were keeping those shows alive. Those are the people that were watching Defenders, even when it wasn't that great, and Iron Fist when it wasn't that great. But they were still watching it. They were still showing up because they had an emotional investment in those characters and that universe. And I just think it's not good when you purposefully incite fans that you are wanting to watch your projects. Yeah, it's it's not exactly the best. And I am ride or die for Karen Page. I will I will be tweeting a lot if anything happens to her. I'm not as ride or die for Karen Page, the character, but I am 
I am a little bit more ride or die for Deborah Ann Wool. I love Deb like, so much. She is she is awesome. I love got to her. interview her last year, and that was truly like a highlight because I just adore her. I loved her on True Blood, and she is just so sweet and so kind. And I also love that like the dynamic between her and John Bernthal on The Punisher and Daredevil. I think that they had such good like natural scene chemistry. And anytime you have the opportunity to talk to John Bernthal about the connection between Karen and Frank. It is like the best thing. That man, the way he talks about the female characters that his characters interact with, just like will make you love him until the end of time. Like he's just so passionate. And that's another thing where I'm like, I don't see him wanting to be involved in a story that does that when he's he's yeah. fought so hard for these characters on the other side and talking about them. Like it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Uh, the, the math ain't mathin'. <laughs> <laughs> so you know now we're getting we have foggy coming we have karen coming and now we have bullseye coming. allegedly we don't have confirmation 100 okay. percent. yes you're right but marvel hasn't confirmed it yet but they are going to be filming they're filming right now anybody who was yes. a fan of daredevil and the punisher and all of that back in the day know they film outside in new york city people will get photos we are like mere days away from seeing another scene of karen and frank sitting on a park bench <sighs> so outside of the characters that are confirmed and the couple that are not uh, and outside of Punisher, because I feel like that was going to be your answer, uh, which or what other characters from the Netflix series would you like to see make a return? Maybe not necessarily in Born Again, but just in other projects around here. I mean, obviously, I'm looking down at like my entire collection of all the Funko Pops pops from that universe. Obviously, I want Jessica Jones. I want Luke Cage. Uh, I love both of those actors so much. But I also like I feel like an obvious and this is a low hanging fruit to to echo what you were saying before. But Claire Temple would make sense. Uh, Rosario already works for Disney. Like she's probably going to pop up. I feel like it's a given if like that she has time with like Ahsoka season two and whatever. Um, I think that makes complete sense. Um, you know, obviously I would, I would love Electra to come back. Um, I loved her and Matt and I thought that was a great storyline. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I just want all of them back except we can, we can recast Iron Fist. Um, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know if we necessarily, I don't know if we necessarily need to recast. I think we just write Danny Rand out and just get a new Iron Fist. Just yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about Marvel is you can have the mantles be carried on to somebody else. And there were a couple people in the Iron Fish show that I think could do much better in that role. So, yeah, I will. I will say I do have to agree with all in the game Heroes for Hire episode. I would like to see an entire Heroes for Hire show provided that, yeah. as I said, different Iron Fist. Uh, I just hope there are no ninjas in the MCU Daredevil. <laughs> no. Oh, my. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of Daredevil's thing. He fights ninjas sometimes. It just happens. Uh, that's been his deal in the comics, and that's his deal on TV. It just it just happens. It is a little bit ridiculous, but it does happen occasionally to that character. Uh, yeah. So I think that I think a, as many characters as we can bring in from the Netflix show, the better. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like I like I as I said. Let's get a different Iron Fist than Danny Rand. That being said, if he came back, I would not be upset. Yeah. Give it a different creative team, maybe some different directors. Maybe maybe Finn Jones would be able to do better with it. I don't have the most confidence that he would, but 
if they were like, hey, he's coming back, I wouldn't be upset. And I almost wonder, like, given the reaction and the fact that we're still talking about how bad Finn Jones was as Iron Fist, I don't necessarily know if he would want to come back. I mean, that's subjecting yourself, especially now that there isn't like a protective bubble around Marvel. Like, there are people who love Marvel that will gang up on you <laughs> like now in a way that we didn't see then like even then there were people that were like oh just give him a chance like he's it's good it's okay but like there's such a different reaction to things now that i think he might be like hmm, i'm good <laughs> have fun with I that would like to, i would like to see another go at the defenders though yeah just in general i love the defenders i i, I like that story a lot um I didn't think it was done the best in the Defender series. There were definitely aspects I liked about it. Um, so I think the though, Daredevil on its own, when they had team up episodes, did it better yeah. than the Defenders ever did. It. Oh yeah. Even though the comic book nerd in me is like, that's not the Defenders. The Defenders were Dr. Strange and the Hulk and blah, 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 blah. Like I still want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> That just is what it is. Uh, would love to see Mahershala come back as Cottonmouth. I think if he's going to be Blade, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. No. Uh, maybe they'll make a joke about like, hey, you know, he'll he'll run into Luke Cage and Luke Cage will make like a joke about it. But that is probably about the closest yeah. that you're going to get. Honestly, if we're talking about characters I want to see pop up, I wouldn't be against like Moon Knight popping up because canonically that works. Like, he, yeah, he fits in with that crowd. Yeah, he would fit and maybe, in well. I don't, I think the budget is too big to have this happen, but uh, maybe throw Spider-Man in there. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe not like he shows up in like Daredevil series or shows up in a theoretical Defender series, but maybe they show up in his next movie. You yeah. know, it's just a logical, let's get all the street level heroes together and have them do street level things. Yeah. And then obviously Echo. Obviously, obviously, obviously Echo, uh, you know, because Echo was pretty good. I I finally finished the whole series and I had quite a good time with it. So just more street level stuff. Let's just do all of that. Anyways, moving on to our second topic of the day. Uh, Squid Game is reportedly getting a second season, according to Variety. Uh, yeah. So apparently it is going to happen by the end of the year. Now, here is the thing that this immediately this immediately sets off some alarms for me, to be honest, because Squid Game, the whole point of that is this like very large social commentary on the dangers of capitalism and, you know, oligarchies and all this like sort of stuff. Does does something like that work with a second season or is it just old hat at that point? I'm not super confident. I will I will admit that I did not fully watch the first season of Squid Game. It's just not my kind of thing to each their own. I watched enough of it to know like how to cover it and stuff like that, you know, as any good journalist would. Um and I think that with the way that it resolved, I it didn't lend itself to a season 2 and it certainly didn't lend itself to becoming a reality TV show. Um, and that while, still is so bizarre to me. It's so bizarre, and I it's think like missing the entire point. It's completely missing the point, and I think even a season two is missing the entire point of the show. And I think there's something to be said about the fact that like Netflix will cancel TV shows that deserve multiple seasons, but then there will new shows that never really needed it. And so I think there's an element to season two of Squid Game that is going to have to live up to its existence, and how it will live up to its existence, I'm not 
completely certain because I think the reality show didn't really live up to its existence uh, outside of people liking to watch people be terrible people on TV. Um, Or watching people have like soul crushingly awful stories about why they need the money and then just immediately seeing them getting eliminated like right afterwards. Uh, Just emotional manipulation for views. Uh, For me, the, the entire idea of a second season this very much reminds me of you know the movie battle royale right i don't know if you've seen it or you know whatever did you know that movie has a sequel i've heard i've never seen it and yeah it is the most unnecessary thing i have ever watched i love battle royale i own it on blu-ray i've got you know i've got the mangas i've got all kinds of stuff like i love it that sequel is an incomprehensible mess of a movie that does nothing it serves absolutely no purpose in existing other than just being a cash grab. Yeah. And I almost am a little worried that Squid Game Season 2 might be that, especially because with the way the series ended, it looked like our main character was going to be like trying to fight against the people organizing the games, which is basically identical to what they did in Battle Royale 2. So I'm a little concerned there that we're just going to get that, but as yeah. a series. I don't know. I'm not I'm not excited about a season two of Squid Game. If it's good, I will eat my words. I'm I am more than okay with being wrong about things. Uh, but I'm just not super I'm not confident. That's kind of just where I'm sitting with that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. But you know what I am confident about? The third season of Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Which I assume that you watch the trailer. And of I assume that you I have thoughts. <laughs> I need them to rename it the bad bitch because the bad bitch is back. What are your what are your so okay, like if you haven't seen the trailer, uh, Asa- how do you say her first Asajj name? Asajj. That I always I always trip myself up because I see it written and I'm like I've heard, like, I've watched the shows. I know that it is pronounced Asajj, but that does not look how it's spelled. But anyways, uh, yeah, Asajj Ventress is back. And uh, if you're a colossal nerd, you might have read Dark Disciple. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert for that book. I'm about to spoil this book for everybody in chat. Three, two, one. She dies at the, at the end of it. Uh, so how are your feelings on, like, is this a timeline thing? Is she coming back? Is it going to be like a night sister Dathomir magic thing? They're night sisters. There's magic. We know this. I, honest to God, do not care if she is back and they never explain why she's back. I'm just glad that a female character who got killed off gets to come back the same way that Darth Maul got his entire bottom half cut off and then he just shows up like a weird metallic spider-man uh not like spider-man but like with spider legs it looks like like sid's toy box 
The um, fact that he didn't stick with the multiple legs was the biggest disappointment of Clone Wars. Disappointing. Meat <laughs> mall. Um, but yeah, so I honest to, honest to God, I don't care if it's ever explained. I'm just glad she's back because female characters are too often killed off. Like talking about Karen Page, they're just killed off their fridge, never considered. But all the male characters get to come back weird ways. You know, we have things like uh, the Lazarus Pit and, and comics and female characters are rarely, rarely brought back that way. So I honestly reading everybody being like, oh, my God, but she's dead. How is she? Back? I don't care. She's back. That's all that matters. Literally all. Do you do you feel like it is going to uh, in any way cheapen Dark Disciple? Did Darth Maul coming back to life cheapen his death in the Phantom Menace? A little bit, but in my opinion, I mean, a lot of people don't care though. Like genuinely, there's people that are like, "No, he's back. That's all that matters." My emotional support. Your emotional support, Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, emotional support. I'm looking at my. There's like three Darth Mauls staring at me on my bookshelf right now. Um, yeah, like I, I don't care. From a certain point of view, I mean that is Star Wars's catch-all for explaining things. We already know that they don't really care about the written word being the end-all, be-all of what we end up seeing on screen. We've seen that already with with Kanan's story. We've seen that already with so many other characters that have just had things slightly different than what we previously believed because of the books. Uh, and I think that you know even the people who have written for Star Wars and and the you know book side of things are saying that like this is still canon compliant. It doesn't change anything. These are magical characters. These these people flying spaceships out there. There are witches. A character can come back and it doesn't fundamentally change the stories we have. But I need Quinlan Voss back as well. Like if we're gonna have Asajj back, I feel like we need a, a Quinlan like cameo. Like that's that's just that's just where we are. But I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, I'm happy and I'm ready to fight the dude bros that are mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're always ready to fight dude bros in the Star Wars fandom. always ready to fight. I, like... Outside of Ventress, how, what did you think of the rest of the trailer? Like, where do you... How do you, how do you feel about, like, the direction that the team looks like they're going to be going, the direction of the story of the season might be going? Do you have any thoughts, speculation, ideas, things that you want to see, things that you're worried you're going to see? Uh, I don't necessarily think that there's anything that I'm too worried about so to speak i think that because these characters and this part of the the universe is basically set for like predestination we kind of know where things are headed anyways there's not too much that necessarily concerned about and i think that what will get most everybody surviving the end of it simply because this is this is not a gritty adult story where everybody's gonna die in such like a horrible tragic way like i even have started to believe the the theory that tech is still alive and that he's the one mysterious like clone trooper that we saw that like stands kind of similarly to tech that's in like different armor now so and and like the same thing we saw with like oh my god i'm blanking on his name crosshair um you know you think these characters are dead and they're not necessarily dead. And so I, I feel like we're going to get a satisfying conclusion with season three and this like little contained story. And I like that it seems like they had a plan for three seasons all along so that they were able to really tie things off. And that's really where I care, so to speak, is like having a story that feels complete. 
Um, so that's really where I'm at with this. Um, I liked season two for the most part. There was some stuff that I was like, ah, just a little bit more. Um, but I'm I'm excited for season three. I'm hoping we get all that conclusion stuff. And I would be happy for the people I know who love tech. I am not the biggest fan of tech. Uh, but I would be happy for the people I know who love and relate to tech a lot if he is indeed still alive and we get a happy ending there. Now, the one thing that I am curious about that I want to get kind of kind of your thoughts on. Let's say that hypothetically you were told, hey, Maggie, we want you to pitch the next animated <laughs> Star Wars show. Where would you want to go? What? I want Resistance to come back and be finished. We never fully. Okay, got- that's fair. We never fully got the story that Resistance was telling. And I love the animation style. I love the characters. And I love the sequel trilogy. And I love how that story was playing out. And I want that story to continue. And I am 100% on board with the people who always bring up the Resistance anniversary because that was an excellent series that got me so excited for where we were going. And then ultimately didn't go with The Rise of Skywalker. Um, so that that story, I think, is something that needs to continue. Um, but also, you know, I want more High Republic stories. We have the Acolyte coming out. We obviously have Young Jedi Adventures. Those are things that I would love to see, you know, more areas of exploration. You know, you have Martian Row, um, my favorite baddie from the High Republic. No surprises here. Um, yeah, I love to talk about say. him in animated form. Like, I, I don't know if we'll ever get him in live action. Fingers crossed we do. But I would love... Maybe Acolyte? Mm, maybe yeah, Acolyte. But... Timeline's wrong. Yeah. Uh, different different corner. But I would love to see that um, explored in animation um, and maybe in a more of an adult animation, not, you know, as kid-friendly as Young Jedi Adventures, even though Nubs is adorable. And yes, he is always just off camera. I was wondering if you had that planted that you knew you were going to reference Nubs eventually. I did, but he is always just off camera. Um, but yeah, that's like the the area of storytelling that I think that Star Wars has the most potential in right now, continuing the sequel trilogy and expanding upon the High Republic, which is, you know, obviously working so well for them in written form. Um, I'm kind of tired of the Clone Wars and I'm kind of tired of the fallout of the Clone Wars. I feel like that's kind of been done a lot for the last 25 years. <laughs> um, and so Gee, I'm, shocker. I didn't yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I'm ready. I'm ready for us to relinquish um, the Skywalkers to some extent and to move on from the death and destruction that that namesake has doled out on the galaxy far, far away. I will say that I think that if I wanted to do really anything animated or otherwise in the Star Wars universe, uh, something around either the High Republic or so far in the future that none of the stories that we have now have any impact on it. But if it's so far in the future, wouldn't that be now? Because okay, I don't a long time ago. I don't mean that far in the future. I mean just Star like Wars 2024. <laughs> like like one one like I was always sort of fascinated by Cade Skywalker and like that era. Wait, are you a Cade Skywalker apologist? I'm a Cade Skywalker apologist. I love I, I I'm going to put a caveat on this. I didn't really like that character, but I was fascinated by the idea of like let's jump forward, you know, Did several you see generations. How I got and then how you just crushed me. 
I love my death stick addict. Great. great I know you do. We've had this discussion before. This is not like new ground for us to be treading. I know, but I get excited anytime my trash son is mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Like just that era, because I want to move away from Skywalkers too. So I wouldn't want to do Cade Skywalker just because I wouldn't want the Skywalker legacy to be part of it. Um, As much as I would love to see more Mark Hamill. I I don't. I have a pro- <laughs> I have a proposal. Okay, um, I with it. All aliens. We're never going to get a TV series live action that is strictly all aliens because of just how much it costs to do the prosthetics and all of that. But a series the animated, that, you could do it. Animated, you can do that. And I think that we're still so tied to humanoid characters in Star Wars that we haven't really delved into some of the really cool stories that you could tell with the, all of the various species and races that we have been introduced to that are just like a side character that walks on and walks off. Like, give me I a could, about Max Rebo and his band. I could see them doing. I mean, I feel like you would have to anchor it around a humanoid race. Uh, but I could see them doing like a series focused around a main character who's like a Twi'lek or a Zabrik. You know, maybe if we want to go real deep cuts with some of the races, we could go Muralin or Cathar. Cathar, you'd run the risk of getting a whole bunch of like cat girl fans. Okay, well, you know, there you watching. go. You got an audience built into it. Um, I mean, I guess the, there you go. Or Togruta would be. You know, just the ones that are like recognizable Star Wars races that look vaguely human enough for like people to be able to relate. I think that would be the way to go. You couldn't I don't as much as I love the idea of let's do a show focused around Max Rebo's band. That sounds like a short. That doesn't sound like we do an entire series. You just don't dream big enough, John. I just it's hard to sell. I'm talking from a business standpoint. Battle of the Bands. We got a taste of this in the Star Wars Visions, the one with Boba Fett's band, the Battle of the Bands idea. There's so much. There's so much rich culture in Star Wars that we have only had as like footnotes to other stories. And I just think Max Rebo and his jizz band needs <laughs> to I be can't. Discovered. I can't take Max Rebo seriously as a character because every single time that I think of Max Rebo, I just think of of him on Robot Chicken where <laughs> he's like this stereotypical like jazz man. <laughs> and like that's all that? that I think about. We can have La La Land as Max Rebo and Max Rebo can be oh. Ryan Gosling's character. He can be Sebastian. Someone called Damien Chazelle because he's got to save jizz. <laughs> 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 really just work that full circle with me wearing my Knuff shirt today. Get and Ryan Gos- get Ryan Gosling involved. He can voice Max Rebo. <laughs> there we go. We got it. Anyways, that's that's it for our show today. That's where we're gonna leave things. Uh Maggie, you got anything coming down the pipeline worth I promoting? do. So yesterday, I were actually today, I dropped the interview uh, with the Oscar-nominated screenwriter of The Holdover, so you can watch that over on Collider. And since nice. we're talking about Star Wars today, I guess I can say that I am interviewing Daisy Ridley on Friday, uh, which I am very excited about. Um, it is for her movie, uh, Sometimes I Think About Dying, and her upcoming movie, Magpie. Uh, so I am very excited about that. So 
Nice. Look forward. Well, that'll be something to look forward to. I will say All in the Game did, does bring up one little small bit of news that we will talk about. Uh, I saw this shortly before the show. Uh, John Stewart is going to be back to The Daily Show. Executive yeah. producing and hosting every Monday. I'm very excited uh, about that. Um, but I will say, as much as I love John Stewart, nobody can replace Trevor Noah. I watch that man every single episode. See, John, I grew up watching John Stewart on The Daily Show, so he'll always be The Daily Show host to me. Like, I like Trevor Noah. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's not John Stewart. That was always the thing. But anyways, that's where we're going to end the show for today. If you, you know, enjoyed this episode, why don't give us a follow on whatever platform you're listening or watching us on, uh, you know, and uh, share some love. Uh, until next time, tomorrow, we're a little up in the air on who's going to be on. I know that I'm going to be on. And it won't be me. And it won't be Maggie. Uh, so we will figure out who that is. You're going to be in for a surprise. Uh, but tune in tomorrow. Same bad time. Same bad place. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And we'll see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.